Podcast 12, Healing from Childhood Sexual Assault. Welcome to the Linda Brightman Podcast. I'm your host, Linda Brightman. God has called me to build the identity of Christians. Whether you're a new Christian or a seasoned leader, let me ask you one question. If I could crawl inside your mind for 24 hours, would I have a good day? Welcome to the podcast. You know, this month is uh, Sexual Assault Awareness Month. And I feel like it's been Sexual Assault Awareness Year because so much has been happening. So many people have come forward and so many situations that we never would have guessed. So many predators we never would have guessed. I mean, I didn't guess Matt Lauer and uh, so many others. And then so many people who were sexually assaulted who have come forward with their stories started that, the big Hollywood Me Too movement, which is really interesting that our, um, like this moral revolution is coming out of Hollywood. Well, today um, we're going to be talking with uh, a guest I have on the podcast. Her name is Laura Vivian. She's from Indiana, and she is a child abuse survivor. She wrote a book about her story, about how this should never have happened. And uh, so I want to welcome you, Laura. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Landa. How are you? Glad to be here. (laughs) Good. I'm glad to have you here. So, Laura, tell us uh, some of your story about, you know, what had happened in your life and how how you came into your life. Okay. Um, To start out with, until for most of my life, I thought that I had a normal, quote, normal life. I knew that my father had been abusive to my siblings and I knew that he had been cruel to me but I didn't realize the extent of it until his death which was about three years ago. Shortly after his death I started having these flashbacks if you want to call them that but they were actually vivid memories. It was like a flood, like a volcano of you know memories hitting me and all of a sudden I realized that he had repeatedly sexually abused me from the time that I was born, basically. The, mo- the earliest memories that I have are three years old. And all of these memories started flooding, and it was just very overwhelming. And I went into therapy because I didn't know how to deal with this. Because as I said, I lived many decades of my life thinking that you know my husband was the only man that I'd ever been with, basically. And so through my therapy, part of the treatment or whatever is, I wrote this, this, this journal. And the journal was telling the story from when I was little, from the age of three, all the way up through 18. And it was told in my voice in those pages because that's the way that I was remembering every single event as if it was happening at that moment. So I wrote this journal and I thought you know I need to share this story with the world I need to let everybody know about what's going on right next door to them Uh, I named the book this should never have happened the release of a tortured mind 
And the reason I wrote this book is my father was a very well-dressed, good-looking, charismatic man. He drove really nice cars, Linda, and he wore expensive suits. And we lived in a really nice house in an upscale subdivision. Um, he was a very prominent businessman and well-known in the community. And he literally led the choir in church, literally. And so everyone thought he was this upstanding businessman. And he would come home from church and abuse us sexually and physically and emotionally. So by all appearances, this man was a perfect gentleman. Uh, he was a good husband and a great dad. And that probably doesn't sound like someone that you or your listeners would describe as a child abuser, but you shouldn't be deceived by that appearance. Well, it isn't, it certainly isn't somebody we would visualize or picture no. as the abuser, the predator person. Not at all. Not at all. So from infancy, my siblings and I uh, were routinely, physically, emotionally, and sexually abused from him and were groomed by him to believe that we would be hurt or even killed if we ever told anybody about that abuse. And he reinforced that on a couple of occasions. After a particularly painful night when I was abused at the age of 12, the next morning I woke up and I had absolutely no memory of what had happened. I had dissociated. It was called dissociative amnesia. I, from that moment forward, any time that he abused me, my mind would go somewhere else. And I wouldn't even, I wouldn't realize it was even happening. I wouldn't remember it. But not only did I not know it going forward, I also had forgotten everything that had happened to me up to 12 years of age, all of the sexual abuse that he had done to me. And because of the, the trauma of that particular incident, the other thing that he did that reinforced it for all of us is when I was about 13 and my sister was 12, he literally shot my sister in the head uh, with a gun. I had always known that he had come home angry that day and drove his truck into the driveway and stopped it. But my memory had stopped at that point. I didn't know, I knew something really bad had happened, but I didn't know what it was. And when the memory started flooding back, I remembered completely. And I talked to my sister about it. What happened is he drove in the driveway and my sister had rebuked his sexual advances that morning. She had said, no, no more. She said, she had, you know, told him, she says, I belong to Jesus. And I don't belong to you. My father got very angry about that. And all day he thought about it. So when he came home and gave, came out of his truck, he came running into uh, running up into the yard where my sister was and he um now i remember that he had a gun in his hand he had his rifle in his hand and he says no one can have you if i can't have you you're mine and i was in the house and i heard this i didn't actually see him shoot her but i heard the gun go off and i heard my mother say oh my god no and she took off running outside and i ran out there my father was carrying my sister and she was covered with blood. Uh, long story short, she did live, thank God, but she was never the same. It 
destroyed her. And he also, through that incident, reinforced our belief that if we ever told anyone or even threatened to go against his wishes, that he would kill us. And so none of us ever told all the things that were going on in our house. Um, so he got away with it, okay? He lived what appeared to be a Christian charm life. Everybody thought he was wonderful until the, his death at 81. And meanwhile, because of his nature, he was probably abusing dozens or even hundreds of children. I mean, outside of his family? Yes, yes. Uh, as someone said to me one day, and this is probably, I, I am sure of this, no one within, no child within any distance of him was safe. He was a complete psychopath, a complete child abuser in every sense of the word. So he was never punished. He was never incarcerated for the terrible things he did to us. And Linda, even on his deathbed, he refused to admit that he did anything wrong or he refused to uh, ask for repentance. And because I, I went to him and I said, you know, you hurt us. You hurt all of us real bad. You now have a chance to make that right. If you say you're sorry, then we can forgive you. And he said, no, his words were quote, I'm not, no, I'm not sorry. I did nothing wrong. He did, your mother, did your mother or any adult ever know? Yes. My mother was in the house when he was doing these things. Um, I now know that she was only there physically. Uh, somehow, and I know that she, from what she told me later in later years, that she also was abused as a child. And so I don't know if she dissociated or if she just, as her own protective mechanism, shut down when all this was going on. The night that I was so terribly abused, I was screaming loudly, hollering, because it was he hurt me really bad. And the thing I kept thinking is, where is my mother? Where is my mom? And she was upstairs the whole time. Everybody else in the house heard it, because I had, at that time, there were uh, eight of us. So everybody in the house heard it, but she didn't come. Um, and then there also were other incidences where people one woman actually witnessed him abusing me and she just basically took me by the hand and whenever he was composed, she had walked in on us. And so when he was composed, she took me back in there. He put me in the car and took me home. So yes, people knew, but this was a different time. Yeah. It was in the 60s and 70s. Um, nowadays, people are more aware where and I think I, I hope that woman would have said something but people don't want to acknowledge it it's it's too painful it's too hard to acknowledge it um, the result of this whole the abuse was that I had brothers and sisters most were drug addicts uh, and alcoholics my mother of course was a drug addict and an alcoholic um, four of my siblings have attempted suicide, one very recently. Um, my way I dealt with 
is I had a serious de eating disorder to the point where I had to have, you know, gastric bypass because my health got so bad. And through all of this, I, I didn't know, I didn't remember. And so I did have a normal life. I had um, a very good job. I had a wonderful husband, have a wonderful husband. We've been married 45 years this year. I have uh, two great kids and two wonderful grandchildren. And I had a, a um, job with a Fortune 500 company. I was in management there. And I was just, like I say, it was the ideal situation. But the thing, the reason I was able to cope with this is because God gave me a gift. God allowed my mind to dissociate. And for whatever reason, at that time, I didn't realize it. But now I do see the reason for that. By allowing me to dis my mind to dissociate, I was able to cope with the things that he did with me. And I was able to maintain a normal life mm -hmm. that my brothers and sisters were not able to live. God gave me that gift. And now he's brought me to this point. And once my father died and the memory started coming back and I was able to deal with it because I was much older and put it into context, I'm now able to go out and tell my story where if, if I had realized this even 20 years ago, I could not have, I couldn't have done it. So mm -hmm. God had, I, you know, in his time now, I have finally come to realize what has happened and what I can do with it. And I want to help other children through my works and my, my words and my speaking. You know, I think, uh, well, Vivian, thank you for sharing your story. You are a brave woman. And I hear that it is God's timing in your life and what he did to protect you uh, in that situation. And it was a survival thing. Um, and I, my understanding is that, that that happens to a lot of children, that they uh, have that dissociative amnesia. Uh, to deal with the situation. Um, but right now, you know, during this, this, well, what's been going on just even over the past year or so, um, your story needs to be out there so that to, to make people aware and so that listeners who have gone through this can know that there's hope and that they have a future. Um, because Jesus heals the brokenhearted and he heals us of all of the trauma that happens to us in our lives. How did, exactly. how do you see like in now in your life and looking back that God really carried you through this and kept you? The one gift that, God gave me was my husband mm. and we met when we were very young. I was 15 and he was 16 and we were married at 18 and 19. I now know that had I known and had he known what was going on back in those days, I wouldn't have ended up with this wonderful man. I wouldn't have ended up with the life that I have right now. I would very most, most likely, would have been like my sisters. I have now three sisters. The time I wrote the book, there were two. There was another one born a year when I was 19. All three of them have mentally mental issues on the promiscuity. They have had drug abuse and not been able to 
maintain marriages. Um, one had her children taken away from her. And so that I look at their lives and I know that it's literally by God's grace that I was saved from that. I did accept Jesus when I was about probably 14, 15 years old. Mm -hmm. And I had a very, I did have a good Christian upbringing because I went to, you know, a private school and a, you know, Christian school. But as far as not knowing that is what brought me through it. And that was God. God had a purpose for letting me come through it the way he did. Sometimes I say, I wish I had not ever remembered everything that happened because it's very painful, you know, and had, it's hard now to realize that that little girl went through that and that little girl was me. Yeah. But I also know that God did bring me through it and God will bring others through it because he's good. He, he knows that if you reach for him, he will, he'll, he'll bring you out of the darkness. It was that when I had the memories coming back was literally the darkest period of my life uh, because it was like going through a terrible storm. Oh. I didn't know if I'd come out on the other side of that, but thank God I have. You know, Vivian, I spoke with somebody on the podcast last week who with her, uh, the abuse in her life uh, and the many times, times she was assaulted, she uh, does remember, did remember, and uh, what she shared is so common among people who have been abused and assaulted is they feel shame, they feel like they have no value, they're insignificant, all of these terrible things. And it uh, really hinders you, mobilizes you from living. I mean, I hear what you're saying, that you wouldn't have had this Fortune 500 job or this wonderful husband and be able to be who you are today had God not done this for you. And, and I want to say to the listeners is that God does each of us differently, individually. And yes. he knows, you know, what, how to carry you through this. And what keeps coming to mind is that in the, in the Bible, it says that righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. So ultimately, God's justice will prevail and righteousness will prevail. And for the people listening who were abused as children or uh, teenagers, young adults, um, whatever your age, is that when you reach out to Jesus Christ, he comes in like a flood and brings healing into your heart and into your emotions and physically, you know, on all levels brings healing into you. And uh, Viv, uh, Laura, Laura Vivian, you are a perfect example of God's grace, God's goodness, and God's, God's power and God's intervention. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's done great things. And now I'm, I want to, I want him to use me. I want to reach out to those that are now being hurt or those that have been hurt and let them know that he is there. He will bring them through this storm. I had to go through the storm a little bit late in my life because as I said, he, he allowed me to 
not know what was going on. And I feel so much for those that do know, but God will bring them through. I, there's, there is no doubt about that. Do you feel that God has healed your memories? Yes. Yes. I absolutely feel like that. Uh, I still struggle. It's not been, it's only been three years since he passed away. I still struggle with the forgiveness part of it. I am praying about that. Uh, I know what all he did and how he hurt myself and he hurt my brothers and sisters and my mother, how he hurt all of us. And so I struggle with that. I know that God is working on that part of it. But as far as the, at the beginning of the memories, you know, when it started coming back, I was, um, I was very hard on myself. And it was hard for my husband, too, because he wasn't married to the same person that he thought he was. And neither was I. I was not the same person. I write in the book how when my father was abusing me, I would become, in my mind, the bad Laura. And I would actually feel myself becoming this bad person so that I could cope with it not even knowing later that I had done that. I would forget about it. But now that I know, now that I'm aware of what happened, I know that and I have come to accept and to forgive that person that at the time, you know, I felt such shame, such shame. I felt like I was, you know, I had to go along with it. If I didn't, he was going to kill me. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it wasn't my doing and it's not the doings of the people that it's happening to. It's the evil that is, rampant i mean you know i hate to say no. it but it is right next door right and that's what I want. that is my message you know vivian um i keep calling you vivian it's laura vivian okay. miss vivian, laura vivian it's um forgiveness is a process and i mean the initial step is just yeah. turning to god and you recognize okay he has, is calling me to step into that place of forgiveness and i want to say this because of how you're processing through that right now and being very real and authentic about it that you just aren't quite in that there but you know you're in process and there are a lot of people listening who you know may still be hidden in terms of the abuse and haven't had the opportunity or I want to say um, they just haven't been able to come forward and forgiveness might seem so far away and so impossible and so how could you possibly ask me to forgive kind of thing um, but with God he walks you through every step of it of, and of the forgiveness process and um and i think the more revelation and understanding we get of what jesus did for us how he died for us and forgave us in the midst of everything that we have ever done ever could do and asks us to do the same thing but he knows he's not asking us something easy that it is you know there's a place in the book of Revelation in chapter 19 where God is really, um, it's not okay with him, the things that are done, have been done to his bride. It is not okay. And so it's not like when we forgive, that means the other person is getting off scot-free. No. 
freedom comes to us when we forgive. And we're, ju we're just saying, God, I get off the judgment seat. It's yours. You take over. You judge this, yeah. this situation and this person. And I forgive them. Now it's yours. And you kind of like say, okay, wipe my hands. It's all yours, God. And um, that's where freedom, real freedom comes to, the, to those that have been mistreated and abused and just in every, everything that happens in life where forgiveness is required. I understand that. It is a process. It is a process. And I have to keep, I do keep turning it over. You know, yeah. that's the part that I do keep turning over. Well, I sure I'm glad you came to share today, Laura. It's, uh, it's really a powerful subject and it hits home to a lot of people. And I, I just pray that today sharing your story will help other people to know that they're not alone and just the hope that comes uh, from a relationship with Jesus Christ in the midst of, in the midst of these, you know, the terrible, the traumatic things that we go through. So thank you for coming. Thank you for sharing. Bless you. I want to uh, talk to the audience and say, you know, you guys, there are a lot of people out there who have had things happen with sexual assault and sexual abuse. And I just want to pray over you right now and speak life over you. So just as you're listening to this podcast, if that's you, if something at some point happened to whatever degree, whether it was one time or ongoing or uh, a, a violent thing or, or whatever it was, or in your bedroom when you were a child, Father, in Jesus' name, I'm asking you to come right now and wash over this one listening with your love wash over and pour your healing oil over them right now in Jesus mighty name that he or she she would know your presence and your love that she would feel your tangible presence right now And Father, I, I just speak healing over the hearts and the minds and the bodies. Healing and restoration. And I just speak over you right now and say you are loved, you're valuable, you're significant, and you're created and planned with purpose and for purpose. That there are gifts in you that God has poured in and we, as the body of Christ, need those gifts. But we are a family. We're a Christian family. And we stand with you for complete healing. And if you, um, listening, have never accepted Jesus Christ, or maybe you did once and you kind of walked away, you can right now recommit your life to Jesus and... Just let him in. Just let his love come pouring in. When you go back to, when you return to Jesus, he's the good father with the open arms, just waiting to embrace you. So 
Say after me, Jesus, come into my heart. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I don't understand everything, but I want you. Forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for all my, my shortcomings and the ways I've fallen short. And fill me with your Holy Spirit. Heal me from my past. Heal me in my memories. Heal my body. Jesus, I'm living for you. I want you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you guys, thank you for listening to the podcast. And um, I will see you next time. Please email me and let me know uh, your thoughts. And I will, we will be connecting with you next week. Bye-bye.